get Google out their bed to see what happened to our YouTube today. Oh no, they're having church. They can't contain us, you know. They never could. They can't lock us down or lock us out. So here we are. Here you are. Here I am. What's up? How you doing? Take another bite of your bagel and get ready for the word of God. How many are grateful that he turns graves into gardens? What else does he do? He turns mourning to dancing. What? You say that you can cry a tear but still have a testimony? Absolutely. My tears are my testimony. He wept with me. He is the God who sees and knows. Y'all need to sit down. I feel I feel so spontaneous. If y'all don't get a stool, we're never going to get to the Word. Welcome to week three of a series called Looking Forward to Normal. And I feel this one in my bones. I'm already sweating right through my limited edition exclusive graves in the gardens jacket don't even ask where you can buy it it is not for sale this is special this is the pastoral edition this is the founder's writing we do just want to make sure that you're listening to these songs you know one of the things that i'm going to speak about today in just a moment go ahead and grab your bible if you have one around and this would be a good time to get one with uh with uh pages from trees because it'll help you focus. And that's going to be important for my message today. You'll see. Really, that's what we're talking about is, is focus, looking forward to normal. And what you focus on right now determines whether you will go forward or whether you're just going to repeat the same old dead routines, repeat the same old disgusting stuff. God is helping you keep your New Year's resolutions right now because you were so busy and distracted. So he said, well, here, here, I'll help you out real quick. What if I just unplug all of the other stuff and then we can get some things right? And, you know, I was praying that like, God, what is it that is good that you want to do in this situation? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. It made me cry last night to watch our videos, which you can go see right now on YouTube. Shameless plug. Oh, yeah. I plug stuff I believe in. I plug stuff with a purpose. Somebody put it in the chat. Plug it with a purpose, Pastor. Plug it with a purpose, Pastor. Touch 17 people. And, you know, I was watching those videos from the night that we recorded Graves into Gardens. And uh, we sang my testimony and available. It's my prayer that my life would be an offering. And the Spirit of God just swept through this room. And, you know, our church has 20 physical locations and, and watch parties, Danny, all around the world. Not just in Charlotte, but all over the world. Our family spans the globe. And it made me so sad to think about not being able to be together and sing Rattle. I felt like uh, Billy Corgan said, I'm a rat in a cage. You know, despite all my praise, I am still just a rat in a cage. Something like that. And I just felt like, God, let the people come. Why can't they all be together? You know, this is our family. I, I really do love being with my church. And yet I found out that a lot of times when, when God doesn't let you out of a certain situation, when you want to come out, there's something that he wants to bring in to you that can never be taken away. So I started praying maybe this seven weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, ten weeks, however long it goes, that we're meeting like this and just finding a way to have church. Even if we can't hug each other, all we can do is put hearts on a, on a chat, on, on a screen or something like that. Uh, maybe God is showing us that his presence is not limited to a physical location. 
And maybe the same way we're having church in our homes right now, we won't just have on Sunday. Any day, anytime. But maybe this is going to be a training ground for us to learn how to just have church anywhere we are. God is where you are. Yeah, you don't go to a place where God is. How stupid is that? He's omnipresent. You think God's like keeping a desk somewhere in a corner office like an old college professor on Sundays? Come by, you know, like God's an old man in a nursing home. I wish you'd come see me more. No, God is energy. God is spirit. God is a molecular structure that fills all in all. That's what it means to say that Christ was from the beginning. So since he's eternal and he's not bound by time or by location, since he can move with the cloud or move with the fire, since God is always moving, that means he can visit and inhabit anywhere that we choose to give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. I haven't read my scripture yet. So now what we want to do in this third week, and I don't think this will be the final week. I really don't think we're going to leave this teaching for a long time looking forward to normal. What if normal is not back there? What if normal isn't stressed out? You know, like you worked three months ago. You know, like you have been time. for the last three years. Last three years. What if normal is something you've mm-hmm. never known? What if there is a joy unspeakable and full of glory in the Holy Ghost? What if people of faith aren't weird? What if we're the ones who got it right? Every time I turn on the news, they're talking about how an invisible virus is shutting down the visible world. And everything we can see is affected by something we can't see. Well, that's what the scripture has been saying all along, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it, but I believe it. I can't point to it, but, but I know it on the inside. And so this is an excellent time. Go to Philippians chapter 1. To pull out some of these scriptures that help us to see that the kingdoms of this world are meant to shatter excuse me I can't multitask I was trying to turn and talk at the same time the the kingdoms of this world and the kingdoms of our God do not have much in common what Romans 12 called the patterns of this world the way that we get used to doing things how if somebody offends us we offend back And then we get offended. Oh, I got offended. Well, that was a dumb thing to do. Why would you get that? Why? why? But but they they offended me. No, no, no. Uh, Offense is an event. Offended is a decision. So why would I make a decision? These are the ways of the world. If you offend me, I'm going to be offended. The kingdom of God, the, the renewing of our mind says... You can, you can bring me an offense. One time I preached a message where I built a fence on the stage. And I said, you can either drive it into the ground and create separation, or you can drop it. And that, that's really weird to the world until you realize that God's ways actually work. Who would have thought? He actually knew what he was doing when he made you. And if he made you a little weird, if he wired you a little differently... If you're wired a little different, I was telling them we came out and had church before church, and I almost spilled my Starbucks all over the stage, broke a stool. We were singing rattle, and I told them everybody is telling me that the song "The Blessing" makes them cry, and and I was like, I guess I'm weird because rattle makes me cry. 
I don't know, mom, drop, when did you drop me? Because something got wired wrong in my head. You're not supposed to cry singing, open the grave. I'm coming out, but I do. I cried when we were writing it, and I cry when I hear it. And so um, somebody put in the chat, I'm wonderfully weird. And don't look at the person next to you and say you sure are. If you're sitting on the couch with somebody, I don't want any strife in the home. But look at this. Paul was weird. And what was weird about Paul, he wrote Philippians, what was weird about Paul was that he had this, this ability to communicate uncertainty and confidence in the same breath, in the same letter. And that was what was weird because he would say something and he would sound so courageous. And then he would say something else about how his situation was so unstable. And I want to show you a passage that I really love. Um, if I were your waiter, I would tell you that this message pairs well with a message that I preached a while back called Choosing Your Chains. And it's, it's available for you right now. But as I'm finding lately, these messages and these passages are taking on a new relevance to me. That's what the Word of God is alive and active. That's what it means. It means like... As, as your life changes, God's word doesn't change, but your perspective does. So you have the ability to look at a situation that you used to say, man, that was unfair. Three years later, you're like, I am so glad that they didn't keep me around. You look at a situation on one hand and go, that was the worst week of my life. You'll look at it a few months ago, you, you go, I learned a lesson from that. Oh, I wouldn't trade that lesson for anything. And so today, let me give you just one verse to start with. I want to read a, a lot of verses, so clear your calendar. Just be the beginning to start. Okay, check. And, and now listen to this one verse, and there's really something about it that took me by surprise. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 22, Paul says, If I am to go on living, if, I thought no weapon formed against you will prosper. Isaiah 54, 17. Paul, didn't you read Isaiah 54, 17? I was like, yeah, man, me and Isaiah are peers. We both, we're both writing the Bible. He just wrote it a few centuries ago. But yet, he is introducing. Now, y'all listen. You got to listen with your spiritual ears because your physical eardrums are blown out because we, we were just rocking up here. But listen with your spirit. He said, if I am to go on living... I don't know how this will turn out. How many feel that way about something in your life right now? I don't know how this is going to turn out. It is inconclusive. Uh, the ruling on the field is under review. There can't be any words. They put me in this prison for preaching the gospel. I didn't. I didn't sell dope. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hurt anyone. I was just trying to help. And here I am imprisoned. I believe Paul was under house arrest in Rome. That's kind of where his ministry concludes in Acts chapter 28. There is debate about which imprisonment that Paul was facing when he wrote this letter to the Philippians. But one thing we know is that he was in prison. And the other thing we know is that he saw a purpose in it. So since Paul has this perspective to offer us today, let's ask him about what is important to him as he sits in a prison cell. And maybe we need to make it applicable to us. Okay? We're, we're, most of us, we're not exactly locked up, but we're locked down right now. And, and I don't even mean whether or not you can 
go get your nails done or you know whether or not you're allowed to visit your barber or whether or not you're going into the grocery store without wearing a beekeeper suit i'm talking about i'm talking about the fact that we, most of us are are trapped inside of what we don't yet know in this transition and so since paul is awaiting whether or not they're going to kill him for preaching Christ or let him live, I want to hear what this preacher has to say. Somebody say, preach it, Paul. It doesn't get any better than this. The Apostle Paul is the guest preacher at Elevation Church this weekend. So he says, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. Wow. He doesn't say that much. Did you hear what Paul said? You better underline this because you're not going to hear him say it much, much more. He doesn't say this many times. He said, I do not know. And I wish somebody was honest enough to put it in the chat. I do not know. You think the four words that express the greatest faith are God will come through. No, that's not it. You think the four greatest words of faith are he can do anything. That's four, right? For he can. Yeah, yeah. You think the four greatest words of faith are, you know, uh, I trust in God. But sometimes, all of those are fine, by the way. Sometimes, the greatest statement of faith you can make is when Paul said, I'm waiting on a verdict. I'm in this quarantine prison. I'm in this, I'm in this situation. And it's uncertain what will happen. And, and the church at Philippi, remember, they love Paul. They love Paul way more than Elevation Church loves me because Paul was a better pastor. And, and they love him so much. He started the church at Philippi. And now they're having to, to make it without his physical presence. They're having to make it without the person who taught them the gospel. They, they can't be together. And so... He's backing up to tell him, let me give you a report on how I'm doing. Y'all with me? Let me give you a report on how things are going in the prison. Philippians chapter 1 verse 12. Remember, he started the church at Philippi. But now things have taken a turn for the worse. And it's uncertain. Somebody, it's, in, it's uncertain in your life right now. It's uncertain about when certain things are going to kick back in. It's uncertain about whether or not you're going to be able to meet this need. It's uncertain about whether or not life is going to get back to normal. Y'all, I don't know if we'll ever hug people again who don't have our last name. I'm, I'm hoping kind of not. Um, I don't like to hug anymore. But, but I don't know. And that's what Paul says. But listen, the, the way that he models for us confidence in the face of uncertainty is a lesson that I think can change your life. The title of this lesson is called Focus on the Fruit. You ready? Focus on the fruit. And since the message starts with focus, if you need to close the chat to listen to me, do it. 
if you need to give your kids a shot of NyQuil early in the morning to listen to me. Listen to me. Focus on the fruit. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit right now as I speak. The word of God does not return void. No, it never does. It accomplishes what he sends it to do. But you've got to focus on the fruit. Focus on the fruit. There's no title coming up behind me on screen. You are the production team today. Put right there in the chat. If you haven't closed it, put focus on the fruit. That's the word of the Lord today. God, I'm excited about it. Because Paul starts with telling the church at Philippi about the events that have transpired since he last saw them. Now, remember, Paul wasn't able to post this on Facebook. So it's going to take a while for them to get the correspondence through something that's way slower than the United States Postal Service. Paul has to get them this message and they have to wait to receive it. The man of God is trying to give them a message, but they have to wait to receive it. The man of God is trying to give them a message, but they have to wait to receive it. While you're waiting, learn to worship. It is the worship that you offer God while you are waiting that will prepare your heart for the word. That's what tills the soil. When I offer God praise in my heart while I'm waiting, that's what, that's what makes me ready and receptive for what he speaks. So some of us are so anxious for God to do something, but often in those seasons of transition, he's tilling the ground. Who is this for? He breaks up our heart and heart in waiting seasons as we praise him by faith. In Philippians chapter 1. I want to hear what this preacher has to say. Somebody say, preach it, Paul. It doesn't get any better than this. The Apostle Paul is the guest preacher at Elevation Church this weekend. So he says, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not no. Wow. He doesn't say that much. I, I feel like I do. Did you hear what Paul said? I to share you better you. underline this because you're not going to hear him say it much, much more. He doesn't say this many times. He said, I do not know. And I wish somebody was honest enough to and put I, it in the chat. Mean, I do can't be any worse, not no. You think the four words that express the greatest faith are God will come through. No, that's not it. You think the four greatest words of faith are he can do anything. That's four, right? For he can. Yeah, yeah. You think the four greatest words of faith are, you know, uh, I trust in God. But sometimes all of those are fine, by the way. Sometimes the greatest statement of faith you can make is when Paul said, I'm waiting on a verdict. I'm in this quarantine prison. I'm in this, I'm in this situation and it's uncertain what will happen. And, and the church at Philippi, remember, they love Paul. They love Paul way more than Elevation Church loves me. Because Paul was a better pastor. And, and they love him so much. 
He started the church at Philippi. And now they're having to, to make it without his physical presence. They're having to make it without the person who taught them the gospel. They, they can't be together. And so he's backing up to tell them, let me give you a report on how I'm doing. Y'all with me? Let me give you a report on how things are going in the prison. Philippians chapter 1 verse 12. Remember, he started the church at Philippi. But now things have taken a turn for the worse. And it's uncertain. Somebody, it's, in, it's uncertain in your life right now. It's uncertain about when certain things are going to kick back in. It's uncertain about whether or not you're going to be able to meet this need. It's uncertain about whether or not life is going to get back to normal. Y'all, I don't know if we'll ever hug people again who don't have our last name. I'm, I'm hoping kind of not. Um, I don't like the hug anymore. But, but I don't know. And that's what Paul says. But listen, the, the way that he models for us confidence in the face of uncertainty is a lesson that I think can change your life. The title of this lesson is called Focus on the Fruit. You ready? Focus on the fruit. And since the message starts with focus, if you need to close the chat to listen to me, do it. If you need to give your kids a shot of NyQuil early in the morning to listen to me, listen to me. Focus on the fruit. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit right now as I speak. The word of God does not return void. No, it never does. It accomplishes what he sends it to do, but you've got to focus on the fruit. Focus on the fruit. There's no title coming up behind me on screen. You are the production team today. Put right there in the chat, if you haven't closed it, put focus on the fruit. That's the word of the Lord today. God, I'm excited about it. Be because Paul starts with telling the church at Philippi about the events that have transpired since he last saw them. Now, remember, Paul wasn't able to post this on Facebook. So it's going to take a while for them to get the correspondence through something that's way slower than the United States Postal Service. Paul has to get them this message and they have to wait to receive it. The man of God is trying to give them a message, but they have to wait to receive it. The man of God is trying to give them a message, but they have to wait to receive it. While you're waiting, learn to worship. It is the worship that you offer God while you are waiting, that will prepare your heart for the word. That's what tills the soil. When I offer God praise in my heart while I'm waiting, that's what, that's what makes me ready and receptive for what he speaks. So some of us are so anxious for God to do something, but often in those seasons of transition, he's tilling the ground. Who is this for? He breaks up our heart and heart in waiting seasons as we praise him by faith. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Thank you, Jesus. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters. I want you to what? Know. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually, somebody say actually, like you're arguing, say actually, what had happened was, actually what's going on so there's there's certain things that are apparent but what if what is apparent isn't what is actual you see what i'm saying i just want to read the bible slow because i got nothing else to do 
He said, actually, this is, this is what's actually happening. Physically speaking, what's happening is I'm in chains, locked up or on house arrest. Physically speaking, I'm not able to preach outside of these walls. Physically speaking, I'm quarantined. Physically speaking, some things are going on right now in my bank account. But actually, it has served to advance the gospel. If you are a note-taking nerd, write down that the word advance means to make headway despite severe blows. This is the kind of progress that isn't pretty. This is like me doing squats. My, I'm, not, I'm not doing it so my face can look pretty. I'm doing it so my muscles can grow. So this may not be the prettiest part of my life. But by faith, I believe it's going to be the most productive. The most productive parts of your life will not be the prettiest. The greatest miracles in your life will come in the middle of the biggest mess. Am I anointed or did I take too much caffeine? He said, actually, what happened? And he doesn't go into this long, 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 long list of events. Holly, he doesn't go into like a long list of events. Some of us are more verbose than others. Like when Holly tells me what happened in her day, it takes her more word count because she's, she's smarter. Um, to, to get it done, she's like, she's like paragraphs. And I'm like synthesis. And Paul, Paul doesn't even give them a sentence on his condition in prison. Food sucks, y'all. Pray for me. It's loud here. He doesn't, he doesn't give him a single sentence. I wonder why. I wonder by this point in his life, does he have his priorities straight? To know that what is happening in me is always more important than what's happening to me. I wonder, do I have it straight? Not really, not yet. I'm still conformed to the pattern of this world. I'm still acted upon by external events, you know? If I, if I feel it, I believe it. Well, Paul's past that. Paul's like, look, I can sit here and tell you all about prison, blah, blah, blah. I've been here so many times before. It's not even me worth wasting the papyrus that I would write it on. I only got so much scroll, and I don't want to take up the time telling you how bad my day was. I don't want to spend so much time just thinking about and talking about and guessing about all this stuff that I can't control. So what I want to focus on instead is the fruit. And what has happened to me, get this, beneath the surface, God is growing something greater than our minds can imagine. Something's happening in the soil. Something is happening in the soil. Something is taking root in your heart right now. In this season of my life, God is giving me a root system. In this season of my life, God is teaching me to focus. In this season of my life, remember, I'm looking forward to normal. God is pruning some stuff out of my life right now to make me ready for what's next. Can I get one witness in this room that God is rooting me, establishing me so that I can bear more fruit? Well, we like the fruit, right? But the root's kind of boring. Kind of not too sexy. 
Kind of ugly when you get down to it. You ever put roots in a vase and handed them to somebody for Valentine's Day? I want what's on the other side. We all want what's on the other side. On the other side of the Red Sea, I'm going to give you praise, Lord. God, when we get back to church, I saw y'all on Instagram. I've been going through your Instagram posts. Everybody that tagged me or Elevation Worship singing a song. I scrolled through them. Ask Abby, ask Graham. We spent three hours last night just scrolling through y'all. Some of y'all couldn't sing on key, but we still enjoyed seeing you sing these songs. I saw so many people say, when we get back to church, oh man, watch out. Well, why wait? Why wait? I thought you were church. I thought the Holy Spirit lived in you. Jordan, if you were at Riverwalk, you'd be standing up shouting me down. Why you need a crowd to shout me down? I thought the Spirit of God lived in you. So now look, we love to shout over fruit. But fruit without root doesn't last long. I want something sustainable in my life. I want not only the blessing of God, but I want Him to build me up so that I can bear up under it. I want to yield my fruit in season, in season, in season, in season. There is a time for everything, Solomon said. There is a season to mourn. So if you're mourning right now, that's the root. But you will rejoice in the morning. That's the fruit. And I'm not focused on what I'm going through. I'm focused on what God is doing through it. Focus on the fruit. Focus on the fruit. Focus on the fruit. How was your week? Well, it depends. What part about it do you want to know? When I almost strangled my kids or when I hugged them? I did both. The part where I was walking around the house cussing under my breath or the part where I was singing, Amen. Because from the same mouth, the fruit of lips that profess his name and the fruit that will tell you other stuff too. So listen. Out of this this great season of uncertainty, somebody put put again in the chat. I do not know. You are allowed to say that. I don't know what makes people think that preachers know stuff that we don't know. People will ask me the weirdest stuff. If a cat dies in the middle of the night and the owner went church the day before it would it get to heaven or does it have to pray i don't know about your cat in the book of revelations where it talks about the horse and the da 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 and the heavens and the earth and the i said i didn't break open the scroll the lamb did that i didn't i'm not the lamb i'm a dumb sheep like you 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 e-w-e-u it's deep y'all wake up we don't have long. So, so knowing that I don't know, what a powerful, what a powerful concept. Knowing that you don't know makes you open to wisdom. Knowing that you don't know. I talked to Craig Rochelle yesterday about when church is going to open and this and that and the other and all the states are different. And I don't know if our governor is ever going to let us out the house again or not, but certain states in the United States of America are open up, certain nations are, are more open than others, and we're all on different ways dealing with coronavirus. If you're watching this in a time capsule in 2032, things were weird. This was not like Elevation Church had a bad growth season. We weren't allowed to come, okay? But I was like, 
what do you think, man? Another month, another six months, another 12 months. Well, we go to church and come back. And we went back and forth just talking, just burning up our, our data plan, talking to each other. And finally, I said, do you know what the, the most smartest thing that we've said, the most smartest thing we've said on this whole call was? When you said three, three minutes ago, I don't know. That's the smartest thing either of us have said. And so here's what's really cool about right now. We are all idiots at the same time. We are all equally ignorant of what comes next. Nobody's got a crystal ball. I know your uncle's cousin's friend worked for the Pentagon. Shut up. <laughs> Hearing from everybody. Well, my dad went to college with Dr. Fauci. Shut up. Nobody knows. Paul didn't know. Nobody knows. With, with, it, are, are my kids ever going to have a real teacher again? Nobody knows. Then they might send them to school and they might send them back. Right? Nobody knows. When, when, when is the economy? Nobody knows. Nobody. 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 All the depths of the wisdom of the riches and knowledge of God, how unsearchable is past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? This is Romans 11, right before Romans 12, where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, oh, the depths of the wisdom of the riches and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his pathways beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who knows? Not me, not me, not you, not Paul. Paul always had an answer. You know, he was. <laughs> one, one man said he was seldom. He was he was often wrong, but seldom in doubt. You know anybody like that? That was Paul. Paul always knew. And look, you're going to see him. He starts this passage. He says, "I want you to know." Brothers and sisters, verse 12. And then by the time he gets to verse 22, he says, I do not know. So how are we supposed to know if you don't even know? Right? Club this. Because the truth is in the tension. Hermeneutical principle 101. The truth is in the tension. So the presence of faith does not eliminate uncertainty. In fact, it operates by uncertainty. Can I preach like I, like I saw it in the text? He said, I want you to know that the gospel is going forward. That's the important thing. And as a result, it has become clear, verse 13, throughout the whole palace guard. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's talking about clarity, but he's still not defining the outcome. His clarity is not about the outcome. His clarity is about God's presence in the process. What a word. I'm focused on what God is doing in me right now. I can't control what politicians do. I can't control how long this prison sentence is. There is something outside of my control. But this is what I told Elijah in the pound the other day, Graham. I'm giving him life lessons, and I think this has to be number one. Just if you strip it all away, and I don't even need a Bible verse for this, but if you strip it all away, this is what I taught him. The only thing you can really control is your focus. What you going to do, make it sunny? You, what you going to do, make it rainy? What you going to do, make people nicer? You going to make people stop being crazy? 
What are you going to do? I don't you know. Do, you going to pray away the virus? No, I'm, I'm hoping you help man. me figure it out. I'm praying just as man. hard as anybody for stuff that I can't control. That's all I can do. But what I can control is my focus. I can control my focus. Not, not me, Pastor Furtick. Pastor Furtick, I can't control my focus. I'm ADHD. Well, they said I'm not, I am not talking about physical focus. I'm talking about emotional focus. I'm talking about spiritual focus. I'm talking about focusing your priorities. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, love. peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, cross-reference for your Bible study. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. But the root of the Spirit is priorities. What you are planted in. What matters to me. This is Paul's message. He's writing back to the church that he founded in Philippi. He led that purple cloth dealer Lydia to the Lord and the city was never the same. He got locked up with Silas in prison in Philippi for preaching the gospel. Remember that story? Most people don't know that he is writing a letter to the same people. It's crazy. I don't understand, dog, but I know... I mean, you said it's been weird as shit, and I, I'm just, I apologize. I'm thankful for you being honest. And not mad at you, I know. I want to share it with someone. That's a big platform. It's scary, <clears throat> but it's exciting. And I like to, like, share it with someone that'll... Help me be better. Talk to you later. Bye. Well.